break down both the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600. It is NASCAR Chasm. NASCAR Chasm, how are you? I'm spectacular. We're, this is, we're kind of doing the double, aren't we? You and I, we're kind of doing the double, which um, involves uh, getting going to the Indy 500 and then trying to get out of the Indy 500 and back here in time for the start of the 600. Now, we both failed on that, but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, I think we can, yeah, we can do this. We got this. We're ready. We both started laps down for Coca-Cola 600 because I, in fact, I missed the entire first segment. So I was listening to it on my Sirius. You were stuck in more traffic than I was. Um, eventually, we both got out of there. But so um, before we, we talk about the 600, though, let's talk about the the first race that we uh, went to today. And that was the 500. Um, wow. This was uh, my second 500, but really, really cool experience. Um, just uh you know, it's everything people say it is and more, to be honest. I think from the atmosphere to, you know, just the tradition of it to the racing was absolutely phenomenal. I, I can really see why people go back every year. You know, it's it's a pretty special race. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've, uh, you know, a little backstory, been a Hoosier for pretty much my entire life. And this, you know, you know what May's about, you know, and this is always the one you absolutely have to go to. It's typically the one where you... You know, family members typically roll in, say, hey, can I crash on your couch and everything? It's uh, uh, there's a lot around it. But I mean, just today specifically, it was uh, like he said, so intense. And um, good Lord, that um, that Scott Dixon wreck. Can we talk about that? Because that was something I, I've never really in my years of going to all these races been sitting right in front of something like that happening. I've never seen that. You know, it's always on TV and I thought, you know, two weeks ago, oh my God, Alma Rolla's wreck. That was terrible. But that all unfolded right in front of us. And sorry if you can hear the dogs barking right now. Um <laughs> another dog is walking by. But you know, that happened in real time and I've never seen the air go out of an entire grandstand like that like it did. And you know, I've always said, like, the reason I watch these uh, racing is because I'm not brave enough to do that. I don't have the guts. And, oh, God, to see him fly through the air like that, we we didn't know what to think. And um, I, I still don't think I handled it really all that well. And um, it's just, for us, it's funny because we're staring mouth open. Oh, my God, is Scott okay? And, you know, he flicks his steering wheel out of the tub hops out you know and now he's i just checked twitter here and he's uh already posted a at home on the couch smiling his cool new zealander you know kind of sort of vibe it was it was just a lot to take it really was so you saw the whole thing happen you, you actually saw him go airborne like start to finish and all that stuff yes. uh it happened you know, we saw the start of it. The start of it basically happened around uh, coming out of one. And I believe it was, was it Jay Howard he ran into or something? And uh, he he goes into the fence and peels back this huge portion, huge portion of the fence, and then spins, I don't know how many times, the front nose cracks off, <laughs> and he comes to a stop. And, you know, the safety crew was uh, there, I think, before he stopped spinning. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was just kind of like... 
when you've never been to a race where you've seen a wreck like that, uh, you, you, you kind of just, okay, you know, oh, he hit the wall, he'll be all right. That was like kind of sort of still quivering, kind of still shaking about that. And, uh, you know, just to see him walk away like that and give, again, the, the cool New Zealander, yeah, man, I'm cute, don't you worry about it, you know, kind of sort of um, uh, interview afterwards. Uh, it, it's it's just mind-blowing to me. All I know is that after Taco Bell and this, get the hell out of Speedway for the rest of the year. We're going to perform this giant exorcism on IMS in the area and make it so he can peacefully exist. Um, I'm scared for him to stay in this area right now. It's crazy, though. Like, I, I ran to the care center and because um, I, I thought, wow, this is just unbelievable. I, I hope he's going to be okay. But yeah, I mean, you almost knew right away that he was because he, he was able to walk under his own power. Um, so he gets out of the care center not not too long after the wreck. And, you know, the, he's doing all these interviews and the reporters are just sort of in disbelief, asking him questions. Like one And one guy says to him, well, was this the scariest wreck you've ever been in? He's like, well, you know, they're all kind of the same. You know, you're just along for the ride, waiting for the big hits to happen. I guess there was maybe a couple more big hits in this one than usual, so maybe from that aspect. But, you know, they're they're pretty much all the same. And, yeah, you know, just looking forward to come back here again next year. It's just like, holy crap, these guys are just a totally different species than we are. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about it. Um, uh, just this week, I was going through the car wash, and it stopped. And I about had a panic attack. So, like... To see him just kind of nonchalantly come off, you know, like, oh, you know, a little, little, uh, that'll be a few stitches, uh, you know, uh, quite a bumpy rod, uh, you know, a little dirt off the shoulder, nothing. Um, I don't think he's human. And uh, that's why, I mean, I, I'm by no means a journalist, but my first question should be like, why are you still here? How did you do that? Why are you standing? Uh, that would be my question. So uh, that, that yeah, that's why you guys do the hard work, because I would not ask a good question. So speaking of questions after that, um, one thing that I've never seen before, maybe this happens in IndyCar more often, or maybe this was just an extraordinary circumstance, but while Scott was outside the care center going along the media line doing interviews, um, his wife, Emma Davies Dixon, was also doing a couple interviews uh, along with the media. Um, I don't know if, if she just knew people and they'd called her over or what how that happened, but I stuck my recorder in there and got some quotes from her as well. Um, so I thought that was unusual. I, I don't follow it that closely. Do you, have you seen that before? Uh, no, I never really have. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what that's about, but my gosh, I mean, if she had the wherewithal to be able to answer questions after seeing her husband and that, um, yeah. Oh my God. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm having trouble putting words together because I'm just thinking back to the moment. I'm still, uh, pretty stunned but i mean you saw just a second ago my my wife hit her head on a cabinet door and i freaked the hell out and so you know more power to emma yeah and the funny thing was she said that she had gone well not funny i guess but she had just gone back to their um motorhome to use the loo or whatever they call it in new zealand or wherever she, no she's not from new zealand she's british i think right yes yeah so that would be the loo but anyway so she had flipped on the tv um, right when she got there and that was like right when the crash happened was like right when she flipped it on yeah. so she said that things were like moving very slowly for her in slow time but she was so thankful that the safety crew which you were talking about safety crew is amazing the people are like freaking pulling on the track um as they like the thing hasn't even 
stopped in some cases yet and they're pulling on the track yeah and uh you know that's a, a credit to the safety crew they got there and uh the other side of that is going back to that that large section of the catch fence on the inside that got peeled back by i think the uh, it looked like the rear wing of the car just got in there and just peels the steel back um not long after they had tended to jay howard and scott suddenly this truck pulls up uh with uh, patches of fence ready to go and you know and i don't know if they had to load it up or whatever but for all accounts it looked like they had the the fence repair vehicle ready to go at all times and just it was kind of a you know kind of a, a crude quilt making kind of process but they just took these little patches and like fixing uh, kind of a window screen were able to get it back together in uh, in no time and there was briefly on the screen, I, I'm not sure if you guys saw this in Media Center, it looked like there was one guy who was on a stretcher being taken out. I don't know if he got hit by fiberglass or a piece of the car. Uh, didn't hear much about it, but yeah, for for that to be like the the worst kind of sort of injury that came out of this it was uh it was it was it was a little scary and you know and i'm talking about it like i'm the victim here you know and uh so i need i need scott dixon to come by and hold me that's what i need well what's amazing about it um and 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 your wife Jeannie made a a good point too that um you know this could have if he had gone through that fence that got ripped out that that was a tunnel drop below that and he could have gone all the way down but um you know you're you're sort of lucky in some sense because if if something terrible had happened to him or that had been the end of his life and you had seen with your own eyes um somebody somebody's death um which very i mean that was like he's incredibly lucky that that did not happen um or that he was not seriously hurt um or anything like that but i can't imagine how terrible it would be to witness that happen i mean that that may um and not that this is the most important element of that but you as a as a race fan and as observer that may you may never look at it the same after that you may not want to watch racing anymore after something like that and and i think you know that's part of the thrill of racing particularly the the indy 500 and how dangerous those cars are but it's also um something that is is such a it's it's always there that presence is always there that that tension um and I don't think you, I mean, we take it for granted sort of in NASCAR at times that the Almirola thing was the scariest thing we've seen in a, in a long time. Um, but the Indy cars, I mean, it's just, it's just insane, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, again, there's a, I don't know how they, uh, I, I, uh, I guess fit in those cars with the, uh, the size of the knots they have. Like, I, I don't, I don't see the getting in the car part. I really don't. So there must be some Crisco involved. There really must be. I, I don't, uh. I don't really know. It's <laughs> like I said. I don't have the courage to do a lot, Jeff. You know, there was we had okay last a couple summers ago. We had a garter snake out back. Guess who had to kill it? It's it's my wife sitting right next to you because I'm not doing that crap. Well, the reason your wife just sat right next to me is because she's cooking up a post race meal, and she was trying to be nice and and be sensitive to my needs here. She wrote, "Do you want fresh chopped?" Fresh chopped or grilled onions on your burger, and she wanted me to check one, fresh, grilled, or none. Isn't that nice? That really is. We're kind of like a five guys here, you know. We'll, uh, you want some peanuts? You want a bag of peanuts? You know, we can, uh, we can do that. We can accommodate whatever, man. We're, uh, we, you know, we can do whatever you want here. You want to? So yeah, I think, I think, Jeannie, I'll, I'll go with the grilled onions. Thank you very much, and it's, it's a good Memorial Day thing to have. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about. Can we talk about the, the shirt that you're wearing right now oh absolutely absolutely uh we were discussing before the podcast started 
we are now 100%. Can we call it like Fernando uh, Fernand Boys? What would be the group? What's the fanboys of Fernando? What is the official group called? Because we are in that group now. You, you can't put me on the spot to come up with something clever. That's your job. That's just not something that I'm really, uh, yeah. Fair enough. We'll go with Fernand Boys right now. But uh, we were just discussing how, you know, he was... The huge story this year, uh, you know, coming over from F1, skipping Monaco, of all things, to uh, to do this. And, you know, th- obviously there's a lot of questions coming in because, you know, first there's a stigma of F1 that you're coming from, which you think, you know, uh, Perrier and yachts and, you know, mimosas and so on. And uh, the Indy 500, you know, there's a bit good Midwestern vibe to it. There's a lot of responsibilities such as you know being in the parade and having to make appearances the way the week of the race at you know area schools and stuff like that uh the damn cannon going off at 6 a.m you know there's like how would he kind of sort of handle this would be would this kind of freak him out a little bit you know he's like you know this this is a little too hoosier for me but um you know to not only handle that so definitely but you know to also Performed so well in the car. Um, I, I can I, I can vouch because I was uh, sitting in the South Vista there. Uh, the place just went nuts when he was taking the lead. Um, you know, I didn't know how he'd be uh, uh, necessarily received there, but like I said, he made this giant giant fan of me. So I, uh, like I said, I went to the shop. I dropped a good amount of money on the hat, on the shirt, uh, and yeah, um, Fernando, if you're listening, if you want to be friends, uh, DM me. All right, just slide into my DMs. Uh, we can we can hang whenever. Um, I mean that. You know, honestly, though, I think I think that he charmed a lot of people. In addition to yourself, um, I was impressed. Okay, he's yours. Well, I, I'll just say I was impressed because, you know, okay, and I'm not I'm not throwing shade at NASCAR drivers here, but this guy is a, a two-time Formula One world champion. He could have been a total douche. He could have been an absolute jerk. He could have come in and said. I'm not going to do all this fan stuff. I'm not going to sign autographs for an hour. I'm not going to sit at media day for an hour, which he did both of those a solid hour. Um, I'm not going to come in after the race, after, after I blew an engine, I'm just going to get on my jet and fly back to Europe. I'm, I'm out of here. Um, but he comes to the media center, does media. I mean, he, um, did everything. Somebody told me he did every single thing that IndyCar asked him. They kept, um, wanting to say, Hey, are, are you going to, uh, you know, let, let's at some point he's going to push back and say, no, nah, I don't really want to do that. And he never did. He like did everything they threw at him. Um, he I was watching him during the public drivers meeting, which was kind of boring. Yeah. And there's a lot of speeches and stuff. And he's like, instead of he, he didn't even have to pull, pull his phone out. A couple drivers were looking at their phone, kind of not engaged. He was engaged. He was clapping for people. Um, he was he was right into it. And and just. Everything he did, he was respectful, he was classy, he was gracious. Um, I was very impressed by his post-race press conference where he says, you know, listen, I'm not an American, but I was very proud to race here. You know, he thanked Indianapolis, he thanked IndyCar, he thanked the fans. And then at the end, uh, this again, maybe I'm I'm media, so I'm uh, sensitive to this, but he um, pulled out a small carton of milk and he toasted the media and he said, listen, you guys... Um, have followed me every second for the last two weeks, but I've enjoyed it. And thank you for the warm welcome. I hope to see you in Austin when they come back for um, the F1 race in for the U.S. Grand Prix. And I'm just like, man, again, you you know, these F1 drivers, you get this sense of, oh, these guys are snooty. They don't do much media, which they don't. I mean, they're not asked, they're not asked to do a lot. 
the, the fans are kept away, very far away from them. The paddock is sealed off. And I was just so impressed that he was that um, open and, and just, he really embraced it. And I think he, he, he didn't just come and take, take, take and try to build himself up. He gave as much as he took or even more. And I think that was really cool. Oh, absolutely. And I'm, 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 I'm sad he has to leave the state. What I really, I would love for him to kind of stick around. And I mean, we could, if, if he enjoyed the Hoosier experience for, uh, you know, whatever is the month of May, you know, we, if he wants to stick around, he can crash here. Uh, we can take him cow tipping. We can take him to mug and bun. Um, you know, really give him the whole Hoosier experience. We could uh, lead him on a path towards morbid obesity. Uh, we could start him smoking cigarettes. Uh, we, we could do all sorts of stuff. Do you think that Jeannie would ask him his choice of onions, though? Oh, well, that's the thing. I mean, she would because that's Hoosier hospitality. And Fernando, because he's so accept, he would, I mean, so so nice and everything clearly. Uh, he would, see, see, now here's the problem, Jeff. You're you're, you're kind of sort of invoking uh, visions of Fernando or uh, Fernando Alonso hanging out at my house, and this is this is kind of my fever dream now, and this is a little bit too much to take. Okay, but seriously though, what in, in your dream um, do you think that Fernando goes with the fresh chopped onions or the grilled? I think he goes grilled. I really do. Um, that's it, it, you know in my dream. I, I, I've I've not gotten into that much detail about the dream, and there's parts of the dream that I really don't want to go public with. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, I think Fernando goes with the grilled onions as well. That just seems like something that he would probably get at a lot of F- fancy F1 dinners. I mean, if they have a lot of fancy food, grilled onions would probably be the way to go. Again, at NASCAR Chasm, uh, Alonzo, follow me, DM me, do whatever you want. So um, I guess, you know, we, we haven't um, talked about the, the race winner, and we're nearing the end of the IndyCar portion of this, so perhaps we should talk about <laughs> Takuma Sato. <laughs> Uh, I remember uh, years ago, uh, Danica's first race, and her teammates walking around in shirts, uh, and, I, and I completely forget uh, who they were, but one had a shirt that said Danica's teammate. The other one had a shirt that said Danica's other teammate, and that's what they walked around in the whole time. And so, you know, I'm wondering if uh, Takuma at some point after Alonso Mania has calmed down, you know, do we need to get him a I actually won the race shirt, you know? So. Yeah. Well, a really cool thing, you know, and I'm going back to Fernando again. I'm sorry, just just for a quick second. Love you, Fernando. <laughs> he said he stayed around. Well, he obviously stayed around to watch the end of the race. I, I think in his bus, he said he was on his knees, um, hoping that Takuma was going to win, pulling that hard for him at the end. Really? So that's really cool too, right? Well, you know, I mean, they became fast teammates like that, and you know, there's um, especially. I guess this season in IndyCar, there's kind of been a uh, malaise, kind of a curse around the uh, the Andretti Honda engine, and so it goes boom a lot. Yes, you bet it does. The f- <laughs> you know, it's like did the did the beat just drop in the snake pit? No, that was Andretti engine. Um, and uh, but you know, when Ryan Hunter Rays went, we're just like, oh god, here it's starting, and you know. Um, with Fernando, we're like, please, okay, don't let his engine blow. Please don't let it. But if it does, if it does, you know, you can do that thing you did that one time where you took the, you know, took the chair and sat uh, after that qualifying. You can sit by me if you want. You know, come, just get out of your car, climb up in the South Vista, come sit by me. You know, but uh, yeah, he, um, you know, for uh, for for him to do that, I mean. Yeah, especially coming from F1, where you don't hear a lot about great teammates working together. You know, it just doesn't seem like teamwork is a giant aspect. You know, for him to be, you know, fist pumping for Takuma, it's like, wow, you really transitioned quick. You know, you, uh, you know, you were the, uh, 
you're the, the F1 caterpillar, and now you're the IndyCar butterfly, Fernando. I'm sorry, that's a little bit too much. So, um, but but as far as Sato, though, um, you know, I, the only other Indy 500 I was at before this one was in 2012. Sato's got a chance to win going into turn one. He tries to stick it in there under Franchitti, and it unfortunately did not work for him. He ends up crashing. Franchitti wins the race. So the two Sato um, uh, Indy 500s were the ones I was at. But, you know, I think he's 40 years old now. Um, what do IndyCar fans, from your um, impression, feel about Sato? At least from what I can glean whenever, uh, you know, I, I glean most of what I uh, get from falling on Twitter. And it seemed like he had kind of had a little bit of a reckless sort of overly aggressive right it's overly aggressive kind of sort of he's going to put the car somewhere it doesn't belong he's going to do something a little bit foolish and the, like the one thing that stood out for me was you know the, the indy 500 you mentioned but there was also an instance i forget how many years ago it was where he just plowed into the back of ryan hunter ray on uh, pit road at pocono for and there was like it was one of those situations where you, you're trying to find the reason for it and it's like there's none he just literally I don't know if he was tweeting or what, but he plowed into this guy, and um, you know that's the big memory I had of Sato. And uh, then I believe he won at uh, Long Beach a couple of years ago, and so that helped a little bit. But yeah, it was always this reckless abandon, kind of sort of waiting, waiting for him to make that move, that dangerous move. Uh, and good lord for him to pull it out, that was tremendous. And you know people were going nuts for it. It was so weird because him and Helio were battling back and forth. And Helio would take the lead. The place erupts. Then Sato took the lead, and then the place erupts. And so, whose side you on, Indy? You know, it is impressive though. Like, I mean, it seemed like I was I was observing in in driver intros. I mean, um, there's no booze. Nobody gets booed, and and uh, it's just a degree of cheers that you get. And it just seems like people are rooting for a great race. They respect everybody. I think they know how hard it is. They know that their lives are on the line, and they're just. Um, cheering for success and for everybody or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so, too. And uh, you know, obviously there are some that are more popular than others. You can, um, yeah, like you said, it's weird. There's either cheers, louder cheers, or just kind of sort of not many cheers. There's not like booing you like you would get for uh, like a Logano at you know, Daytona and everything. And, you know. I'm fine with that, too. You know, Logano knows uh, who he is, and that's pretty awesome, and he accepts it. But, uh, I mean, you know, when Kanan gets up there, I think he probably gets the biggest pop. And uh, Oh, my God, like yeah. Dale Jr. level of cheers. That was crazy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's, uh, you know, I, I, I often yearn. I wonder what it's like to be that beloved. I, I am not. I am not that beloved. So, uh, you know what, though? I, I think that uh, if there was a, a group of people, because, I mean, you, you always blur your face and, um, I don't know if I, I should say this on the podcast. You can tell me to edit this, this out later. But uh, I got some comments because I you were you came to tweet up today. I posted the photo and people uh, noticed that I did not blur your face out. So no, is that fine. bad? No, that's fine. Um, you know, it's it, it, I forgot. I, I didn't do it on purpose. No, I, I forget how long I've been uh, been running this. Um, you know, since two thousand whatever. It, it, you know, it, you can't hide it forever. People are going to find out who it is. Uh, you know, there's there's like parody accounts out there and it uh it, it if if you did not blur the face it's okay man you know people can see it people can be disappointed all the people who think it's like you know mike helton's clandestine account you know where he's uh you know secretly tweeting stuff no uh just a loser from indie guys no it's it's honestly kind of like i mean 
um, you know, people come to tweet ups all the time and I keep having to say like just I did today twice. Yeah. Um, this is NASCAR Kevin, yeah. and people are like, oh, my gosh, really? Uh -huh. I think if I think it'd be cool if more people knew your face. I mean, the drivers, uh, more drivers follow you than follow me. Oh. <laughs> um, I think, you know, it would be cool if, if they walk around and they knew you on site, you know, because you deserve the recognition. You're, you're extremely funny guy. You're genius. I, I wouldn't go that far. Well, thank you. Oh man. That's true. No, 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 that you are genius. Oh, well, uh, what, can you edit out this part where I'm slipping you a hundred dollar bill right here? Can you do that? Um, yeah, I mean, that, all you had to slip me was the grilled onions, oh, dude. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, no, that part is cool. Cause you know, it's, it's fun to be like walking down pit road and, you know, when you were starting to be a fan, uh, you'd see these drivers and kind of flip out, get a little starstruck. And, you know, now it's fun to walk down pit road and see McMurray and McMurray looks at you and kind of just squints and grimaces. It's like, oh, wow, cool. We're at this level to where M McMurray is knows who I am and is openly disgusted by my presence. It's like we have finally made it, you know. No, it's cool, though. Like, I remember it's kind of come a long way. I remember when I um, introduced you to Keselowski yeah. at Texas one year. Uh -huh. He hadn't met you yet, but he had been following you. And he had, in fact, given you a shout out on SportsCenter of yes. all places. Yeah. Oh, this must have been early 2013 because he won in 2012. So and now, like, you know, you're just like first name basis with these guys. Yeah, it's that was tremendous. That was I, I vividly remember that moment because I was going th going through a car wash. This was not the time that it stopped and I got freaked out last week. It's terrifying. It's very, very terrifying when you're stuck in a moving car wash. It's a helpless feeling. But uh, I'm going through it, and you texted me. Uh, holy shit. I remember that vividly. You can edit that out if you want. But um, what's going on, Jeff? What's wrong? Are you watching SportsCenter? No, I'm going through a car wash. And you sent me, you know, you had recorded the the TV of Brad saying on SportsCenter. And I was like, so I go to Twitter. It's just like, you know, follow, 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 follow. And I was like, okay, so time to make some hay out of this, you know. So, uh, so yeah. But, um, yeah, that was pretty weird. Still pretty weird to this day. Who's the most surprising driver that has been, um, I guess, nice to you or followed you or something along those lines that you you did not expect that they would uh, like you or enjoy your humor or something? Boy, that's uh, that's really hard to think about because, yeah, a lot of these drivers I've met once, you know, and – it's not like this real, oh, my God, that's you. It's kind of a, oh, hi, that's you. Okay, you know, now I know who you are. And, you know, I get that. We're, we're, a, we're a troll. Uh, we, you know, we don't, we're, we don't deserve the red carpet to really, roll, really be rolled out. What's up? Oh, you do? Jeannie okay. wants to say something about this. I was very surprised that Carl Edwards called you over and introduced himself and said that he was a big fan since he's supposedly not on any social media at all. Twitterless Carl told him that? Yeah, at Michigan. Yeah. Is this true? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We were behind the stage at Driver Intros, and it's Truex and Keselowski and Carl are all sitting there. We're just kind of loitering behind the stage. And I see Brad look over, and I wave at him. And then he kind of nudges the two guys and mouths, that's NASCAR cat over there. And Truex kind of just does the, you know, the suspicious, like, head nod, like, hmm, you know. And Carl points at me, like, you know, jo jovially. I'm like, how do you know? I thought you weren't on Twitter. I thought you feared all forms of technology because it's all bugged and stuff. And uh, But so I turn around. I'm like, hey, guys. And so I turn around, and my wife <laughs> is like, Turn back around. I'm like, why? I turn around. Carl had stepped over. He's like, so that's you? And, he, you know, he gave me, it, it was right at intros. I talked to him maybe for about 30 seconds, but he was very polite, shook his hand and everything. And, yeah, that, that kind of surprised me, especially, like I said, because 
we think Carl Edwards, you know, hides from all forms of technology, but, you know, clearly not. Okay, he's not off the grid. No, not at all. So, um, if you don't mind, can I tell you about something uh, before we move on to the Coke 600 talk? Oh, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Go. Well, it's about my post-race podcast sponsor, Samtech. Is that still okay with you? Go to town, buddy. I love so um, basically, uh, we were moving back from Albuquerque, and we took a detour to stop in at Samtech, Sarah and I, there in Houston. And we got a tour of the facility. It's very cool. And I was actually thinking of you um, because it's, it's, a, it's an automotive school. Um, it's, it's like high-end, though. It's not like just anybody can go. They're, they're training people to go more for like race teams and stuff than like dealerships. They're not really – and some of them, I mean – they have like some of those crazy uh, CNC machine tools and stuff like that. But anyway, so in order to get through the program, you have to be trained on all of their um, different machines, right? And there's like 32. Yeah. Wow. 32. So they have a starboard. Like, you know, once you get trained in one, like there's this huge board with the, the uh, students' names on it. And you get like a little star or like a thing. And you're like, yes, you're trained on this machine. I just thought, man, you you would have a field day. You know what I'm saying? So we're talking like uh, very intense, elaborate CNC machines that you're learning to use. And they use like the preschool system. Like, you know, you didn't wet your pants today, gold star. That's what they're doing? Yes, but it's very effective. Like it's it, it like I saw it and I almost wanted my name on there because it's there's something even dating back to like the, the school days where you see a board and you see a blank next to your name. You want those the stickers or whatever absolutely no I, I would absolutely want one i would it's all about the gold star man they're, they're like you know the uh the thumbs up on the youtube video or the like on the tweet that's what they are you know they're the earliest version of the twitter like or favorite they really are yes so um anyway they, they have people from all 50 states they have people from dubai i mean like all around the world that come here all these that want the gold stars so uh if you want a gold star you want to learn how to um, advance your career, possibly work on an NHRA team, building engines, uh, NASCAR teams, they have them, IndyCar as well. Um, you can go to samtech.edu. Um, they have people of all ages that go there, so you can tell your friends about that. I most definitely will once I uh, get some friends. All right, so let's talk about the Coca-Cola 600 now because that was an interesting race. Uh, I actually took a little bit of a power nap during that i had been up since 3 a.m but uh so i missed i don't know part of stage three or something um i should have just taken a, a nap during the rain delay but ultimately you know it was looking sort of like possibly a snoozer of a race martin trucks dominating like he did last year and then out of nowhere you get a fuel mileage race where it's looking like nobody can make it jimmy johnson tries it he runs out of fuel and austin Dillon ends up getting his first career win by saving just enough fuel to do half of a burnout. Um, what did you think of Austin Dillon's first career win? Um, I'm a fan of first-time winners no matter what. Uh, you can absolutely see. Well, first off, he dabbed. I mean, we, He did dab. We got to get rid of that. I mean, I understand. We'll, give, we'll allow this one. We'll give an exemption. End that crap. Uh, after this, Austin, your first-time winner, all good. But, you know, what I've always said about the fuel mileage races is that you know, I, I know they kind of got a bad stigma attached to them, you know, oh, fuel mileage. When somebody runs out, then they get pretty fun. You know, it's like the, the fuel mileage races can be like really entertaining when people, 
don't save enough fuel and blow it at the end. You know, one of the um, first races I ever attended, I forget what year it was, was at Michigan uh, International Speedway. And white flag, it looked like Jimmy Johnson was, it was another runaway for Jimmy Johnson. Well, he crosses, he takes a white flag and runs out of fuel right like after the start finish line. So he's dying. Um, Greg Biffle passes him around uh, turn two. Then he dies on the backstretch. And so Mark Martin, who you know might have been eight or nine seconds back, took the white flag in a very, very deep third place, winds up winning this thing. And you know, that's where I kind of learned, boy, that's why you don't leave early. And you know, I, th- I think we saw that here. So Yeah, I do like those kind of fuel mileage races sometimes, and it can definitely inject some excitement into it. You know, I don't want to see him every week, but um, there really hasn't been a lot lately, I don't think, especially with the the way that the stages have broken down this year, I think. Um, so I, I think this was good, and, and you know, it, it certainly got uh, both of our attention after a long night. I mean, hell, with like 20 laps to go, you're sitting here playing a recorder for whatever reason on the commercial breaks. Do you want do you want to play now? Uh, uh, I, I don't think so. I don't actually know notes on this thing, and uh, yeah, I, I don't want that to be the point where people like pause and stop the podcast. So uh, we'll just we'll, we'll save that for them. But uh, we'll save it for the end. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 or, or like you know, the next season of the Jeff Gluck podcast. You know, I, I can do your theme song. Yeah. That's fine. Well, and Shroud, who does my theme song now, would I'm sure be upset. Ooh, we can collaborate. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he could like sample your recorder. Yeah, you know, we could do like uh, the 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 long awaited hybrid of EDM and the recorder. We could fr- finally merge them into the uh, yeah, the, the the world wants it. Well, speaking of hybrids, and we touched on this a little bit, but um, Austin Dillon doesn't seem to stick with one celebration. Like, so first he does the dab, then he's like getting all pumped up, waving the flag very very excitedly. Then he goes and like dives with his entire team and then he gets out in victory lane and he turns to his team and he's like we're gonna party tonight <laughs> and yeah that's what i wonder I'm, I'm sure with the uh the adrenaline provided by the first win will uh give them the energy to party i'm putting myself in their place and like you know uh, you and i we've both been up since uh you know the crack of dawn for the five front and it's like if it were me if it was 600 miles i'd be like you know, we got tomorrow off. Um, you know, how about we just go out on the lake tomorrow, dude? You know, just uh, save it for tomorrow. Get a good night's sleep. We'll turn it on. So I would be like, hey, um, you guys want to take like a little bit of a rain check here? Let's let's all go get a nice eight hours of sleep. Let's sleep in and let's have a nice barbecue in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that's that's you know, I would take the same tack, Jeff. You and I are more of the uh, the middle age victory lane celebration. You know, it's like, dude. First win, oh my god, we're gonna party tonight. We're like, Yeah, it's late. Um, you know, yeah, how about yeah, like you said, you know, let's get a little cat nap in, you know, eight hours, get up, get a run in, and uh yeah, then we'll totally throw down till at least six PM. You know, PM. Yeah. Rewind uh maybe after this because I, I'd like to see his crew members' faces because T V gave us a good shot of when he turns around and he says to them, We're gonna party tonight. And, like, I want to see how many of them, their faces were sort of just like, oh, no. No, not tonight, man. It's it's late, man. It's uh, it's almost 1 a.m. Eastern, man. We've been up. There was a rain delay, 600 miles. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, who knows what they got planned tomorrow? You know, gardening might need to be done early in the morning. You know, uh, kids might need to be taken to the park or wherever. So, uh, so yeah, I think I, I think Austin Dillon needs to be more considerate. I really do. <laughs> That's, yeah. 
<laughs> well, um, you know, another thing, um, the number three is back in victory lane, long awaited return. First time back in victory lane since Dale Earnhardt's final win in October of 2000. Uh, you, uh, uh, apply any significance, uh, with this, uh, here um I, I didn't know that until you told me so uh thank you for that no i mean i guess there's a there's certainly going to be some uh sentimentality on uh uh twitter here at least about that uh you know that that amazing feat uh there, there's gonna be a little you know a, a few angry people on that too but you know seems to be more angry that he won at this point from the from the early reaction than uh happy yeah and you know what the only word to say is whatever you know the first win is the first win no matter what and it it came at the 600 mile race um you know he he outlasted a bunch of guys uh and i'm sorry you're going to have to give him the credit you're just going to have to you will you know maybe you know much like his you know crew maybe wants to take a day take the night sleep on it wake up and be like okay you know that took uh that took some guts so um you know and yeah, that's two RCR wins so far, which I, I didn't expect. I didn't. Two for RCR, zero for Joe Gibbs Racing. What in the world? We're almost, uh, isn't it halfway through the regular season almost yeah, or something yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think so. So we're going to, yeah, I have to figure out what's going on there. I, I don't know if it was, um, you know, just all the success from last year or what exactly, but uh you know, we'll take a good hard long look at JGR, figure out what's wrong with them tomorrow after we're, uh, you know, we get a good night's sleep and we're not hallucinating like we are now, you know. Yeah, after you get some recorder time in yes. and oh, absolutely. after absolutely. I've digested the grilled onions and all that stuff. Um, so Dale Jr. ends up with a top 10 finish. Uh, is he back on track with just this finish or do you think he has more work to do this is just one um he uh you, you need to string uh, string together a few more and as uh i forget who mentioned it on twitter i think it might have been the wood brothers account where you know you're reaching the point of the year where uh points are kind of start starting to even out and kind of regulate and get to where they're going to be so you know if, if you're going to make the playoffs at this point you'll need the win and, uh, and really, Austin Dillon was in that situation too because I mean he just fired uh, or he didn't fire yeah. maybe he did <laughs> I don't know uh, the, the team just uh, parted ways with crew chief Slugger Labby he had a new crew chief this week and uh, I think he was in pretty bad points position where last year he made the chase or the playoffs whatever so yeah I mean he go he goes and gets the win now that's one less spot that's going to be available on points and so Dale Jr. You know he can't just get top ten his way into the into the playoffs at this point. Yeah, I mean, just we're we're sitting here watching the uh, the post race right now, and yeah, I mean, you can just kind of tell from body language, even it's uh, yeah, it's it's good, you know, to uh, to have these pop up every now and then. But it, you know, he had a good run at Texas earlier this year, and it didn't necessarily yield anything, you know, better down the road for several races. So, uh, you know, it's, we're not saying anything. I don't think he doesn't know. You know, it, it's going to take a win here, and uh, yeah, I guess uh, what would you think? Is it like with the uh, Daytona? Do you think that's the one that they got a they got a nail here? Yeah, I mean he's definitely running out of chances. I mean if you look at the point standings, Austin Dillon even now after the win is twenty first still in the point standings. So I mean you you have several guys that are fairly low this year in in the points that are taking spots, and that's that's a bit unusual. I think really this could be you know I always poo poo this sort of notion every time somebody goes oh can we have like 16 different winners or whatever i mean we're having some odd yes. circumstance winners this year uh, 
um, between Kurt Busch winning the 500 and then not having a good rest of the year, um, Ryan Newman, Austin Dillon. Um, yeah, you're, this is, this could be very interesting as far as, uh, could we fill all the slots with winners? I, I, I don't, I still don't think so, but it's starting to get interesting already. I mean, what do we got to so far? I mean, you know, it wasn't Larson's first win, but you know, he's, Certainly uh, blown up this year, so it was good to see him win at Fontana, and then Stenhouse also, and then you, oh I've, yeah, Stenhouse too, exactly, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, and then you know you mentioned Newman and uh, uh, Dylan here, and uh, I I think what's like impressive about the two RCR wins is you know I I'm sorry I I don't count this a fluke win, you know if you if you last six hundred miles like that and you're able to save and you know save fuel better than Jimmy did, uh, that's a pre- and. With RCR's win at, uh, I'm sorry, Newman's win at Phoenix, you know, they unloaded well, they practiced well, they qualified well, and they were there at the end and won. You know, these were not fluke wins they kind of sort of fell, you know, ass backwards into. They they were pretty much earned, I thought. Well, it's going to be interesting because I think there's still a lot of guys who haven't won yet that you would expect to yeah. win. Um, I mean, all the Gibbs guys. Yeah. That's that's three more spots. And I'm, I'm not sure Suarez is going to get his first win this year, but I, I would think that Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Matt Kenseth would win. I feel like Chase Elliott's going to win. Um, I feel like Ryan Blaney's going to win. Uh, Clint Boyer is probably going to win. So, I mean, that's I think that's six. I named six people right there, and you already have I don't know how many different winners. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, this is going to be an interesting uh, stretch run here. I think it's going to be something to watch. Yeah, I mean, do you have like this – I've always kind of had this vision, especially this year with the uh, troubles JGR is having of, you know, kind of like this this dark briefcase that contains all the JGR secrets, kind of like a Pulp Fiction thing. And Carl Edwards just walked off with it. You know, he's got it. He's got it uh, under lock and key in his doomsday bunker. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, maybe he's holding it. Maybe that's what's going on. Carl Edwards has all the secrets in his doomsday bunker and he's holding it ransom. That's well, we, we know that he can be found, though, because we know now, thanks to you, that he's not off the grid. Yes, absolutely. He is not off the grid. And um, maybe he's on Twitter, just just like Fernando Alonso is. Follow me. So um, we need a uh, we need a hashtag. It, it's getting late, so I, I feel like the, the podcast has gone on, on. And I'm sorry we, we talked more about the Indy 500 than the Coke 600. But as we sit here doing this, it's um, nearly 1 a.m., and uh, before I go to bed, I have to edit the podcast and post it. So sorry if anybody wanted more out of out of this this NASCAR part of it. But we need to come up with a hashtag. So um, do you have any nominees for the hashtag for tonight's podcast so people can discuss it with you on Twitter? Um, boy, what can we do? Like um, thinking f- for Nan boys instead of fanboys for na- F. Okay, hashtag F E R N A N capital B O Y S. You can. Join the, uh, the the growing legion of fans of Fernando. Um, you know, so <laughs> okay. So it's it would be Fernan boys yes. instead of fanboys. So stop. Don't put the D O on there. So do the whole Fernando except the D O, yes. and then just put B O Y S. B O Y Z. I changed my mind. Let's make it like really. Let's appeal to millennials. <laughs> so okay. So I hope you're paying attention to this hashtag because it's Fernan boys. With a Z. Yes. That's tonight's hashtag. This is this is the gold you get at one AM, man. This is the gold you get. So you know, it's been a it's been a great night here uh, watching the races with a long day with Indy five hundred. I had grilled onions, yes, you did. Um, all that stuff. Now, um, 
my one my one question though is is can you play the recorder to play out the music to end the day um let's let's get some notes um you you just start playing and i'll i'll start doing the outro okay so thanks everybody for listening i am jeff gluck and i will talk to you next time on the untitled jeff gluck podcast